0: Welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called into the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. Okay. said I like it when you and Becky are here Micah. I always preach a little bit better when y'all are here I'm just gonna be honest with you. We love all the rest of you guys too but everybody brings their supply and it it makes a difference and uh, something on on uh, what Micah was just saying about um, stirring things up um, you know I don't know if you've, you've ever made a stew before But uh, a lot of times, if you let a stew sit, all the stuff goes to the bottom, and then you got to get a ladle and you got to stir it up. Well, and I I I was thinking about the verse that said, um, "Stir up the gift that is in you," and um, you know it's you can't go by your feelings. Um, I heard Kenneth Hagin say this recently. He said, "If I went by my feelings half the time, I would have had the whole congregation pray for me instead of praying for them." And so you can't go by that. You got to stir it up. And uh, if you're born again, if you're spirit-filled, then uh, it's in there. And that's what we're doing right now, is we're stirring some things up. Um, amen. Are y'all hooked with me this morning? Yes, sir. Yes. Y'all hooked in faith with me? I got a lot of notes, and I, I don't know where all I'm going to go. And, and so I, I also have a just something in my spirit um, that I, I have a sense of— uh, I hesitate to use this word, but I have a sense of urgency about something. Um and what we're going to talk about today—not in a fearful way or anything like that—just uh, it's important. And uh, also, I just—I um, just know the Lord has specific things for people today. I feel like, and um, I'm excited to to give out what I believe He's put in my heart. Thank you, Micah, for letting me minister this morning and Amen. and give it out. Um, I, I want to sweep the floor just a little bit. I want to do a little housekeeping, as my friend Elijah Murrell says. Is that okay? Can I just do a little? Can I sweep the floor? I won't take long, I promise. First uh, uh, Timothy chapter 4. Real quick, let's just put that up. This, just, this isn't my message, but I just, it just came up in my heart, and I wanted to mention it to you. First Timothy chapter 4. I'll just let you put it up. I won't try to turn there. Uh, I believe verse 1. Um, he, he said... Uh, now, now the Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy. Um, the Lord has been talking to me a lot about humility recently and what uh, real humility is and what false humility is. And I, I looked up the word hypocrisy and I was interested to see what it meant. It actually literally means uh, play-acting or acting under a mask. And I, I recently went to go see the, uh, the new Mission Impossible movie. And I'm a pretty big fan of, of Tom Cruise's movies and the, uh, the Mission Impossible series. But if you've ever watched Mission Impossible, how many of you have seen one of the Mission Impossibles? Um, well, you know, in almost every movie, they have some kind of thing where they're under a mask and you don't know until the scene's over that it's really Tom Cruise or whoever it is, Um, because they're so impressive. Well, uh, something about real humility versus false humility, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Um, False humility has to do with acting. It has to do with giving the appearance of humility. Um, If you catch yourself trying to look or sound humble, watch it. (laughs) Because you gotta ask yourself, am I is this for appearance? Because the Bible talks about over and the heart and in the mind. So guard against any attempt to try and look a little bit more humbled than you were before the heart and in the mind. So guard against any attempt to try and look a little bit more humbled than you were before to try and look a little bit more humbled than you were before or than somebody else, because what that is is it's a it's masked. It's hypocrisy, and so that's that's not real humility. I just thought I'd throw that out there. That's not my message today, but um, it was good, Becky. If I do, if I did, if the Lord did give it to me myself, I mean, you know, praise God. Um, I, you know, uh, Romans chapter eight. Um, I, I like I like doing this. I won't even lie to you. I enjoy preaching. Um, I, I love the Word of God and um, getting to minister it. Uh, Romans eight and verse fourteen. Um, Micah has been on a series about living by the Spirit, and uh, he we've talked some about being led by the Spirit. I think part six maybe we talked about that. Well, yeah, really you've gone in that quite a bit. Um, being led by the Spirit, and uh, it was quickened to me. Um, that we should spend a few more minutes on that subject and on that element of being, uh, living by the spirit and walking in the spirit. Um, you know, Micah mentioned this earlier, he's our helper. And one of the biggest things that we need help in is decisions mm-hmm. and guidance. Um, and, uh, me and Grace have, have had several opportunities recently to make some course corrections and some things. And, um, well, let's read some scripture and uh, we'll get into it. Romans 8, verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In verse 15, he said, for you have not received the spirit of bondage. Um, so he tells you what you are led by, And he tells you what you're not led by, right? He says, you are led by the spirit of God. You're not led by the spirit of bondage. You've not received um, the spirit of bondage. Um, When it comes to living by the spirit, it can really be summed up in what you yield to and what you don't yield to. Um, walking in godliness what is godliness godliness is walking like God being like God um, being Christ like what is being Christ like well uh, it's being like Christ (laughs) you know I don't make it too simple but it's being like Christ and walking in the Spirit is walking like Jesus it's doing on the earth what he would do Um, you know people talk a lot about what would Jesus do well, number one, you need to know what he did do, and what he did say. Uh, you could there's a lot of room for speculation when it comes to what Jesus would do, but you need to find out what he did do, and what he did say, uh, because a lot of what he did do and what he did say contradicts what people says he would do. Right. So that's what you need to know first of all. But secondly, the way you uh, know what Jesus would do is to be led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, well, you know it's the same Spirit that's in us that was on Him and in Him and that led Jesus. And so if you want to ask what would He do in the situation, well, you need to ask the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so being led by the Spirit has everything to do with what you yield to, what you don't yield to. Um, Yielding to God and not yielding to the flesh. Not yielding to the influence of the enemy. Now, we just read the scripture about seducing spirits. Um, You know, that's not just talking about some kind of, you know, sensual thing. It can be involved in that. But seducing just means it appeals to your heart or it appeals to your mind. It appeals to your flesh, but it repels your spirit. If you're born again, your spirit doesn't like it, but it's just pulling on your flesh and your mind or your intellect. And so we don't want to yield to the wrong things. We do want to yield to the right things. Mm -hmm. We want to yield to the Spirit of God. And so he says, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So something right here we see that we're not led by is bondage. Um, The Holy Spirit is not the spirit of bondage um, pulling on you to do things. obligation now i'm not talking about paying your debts and things like that you know the lord will lead you to do that but binding you to things forcing you to do things i I will keep reading he said but we have received the spirit of adoption well you know there's a big difference between adoption and kidnapping it's true you know um he's not the spirit of kidnapping right he, didn't, he doesn't blindfold you and throw you in the back of a white van and drive off with you until you do what He wants you to do. He's a spirit of adoption. Uh, let me say it to you this way. He's the spirit of invitation. Yeah, that's good. What did He say? He said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Uh, what did He say to Thomas and Matthew? He said, follow me. That's an invitation. You can do it if you want. He won't force you to do it, though. He won't force you to be led by His Spirit. And so, uh, the spirit of bondage has to do with force and it has to do with fear. Well, uh, kidnappers use fear Mm -hmm. as a tactic to keep their victims in bondage. Mm -hmm. And so that's not how the spirit of God is. So two things that you can identify a wrong spirit with is fear Mm -hmm. and fear is marked by torment and bondage. And when you're in bondage to things, That's not the spirit of God. He's the spirit of liberty. And he wants us to be free to be led by his spirit. He said, if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He wants you to be free to be led by his spirit. Now, if you're not going to be led by the spirit, you you should at least keep the law. But, um, you know, that's a whole other thing. Um, In verse 16, he says, the spirit himself, it should be translated himself, uh, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, this is kind of what I want to talk about today: is the witness of the Holy Spirit, and uh, some elements of how to identify the witness of the Holy Spirit. Um, Something here in uh, put up, Nancy, if you would the Amplified. Do we have the newer Amplified, or is it the classic? We don't have. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'm just going to read that to you because the way they say it in this one kind of hits home for me. And the newer Amplified translation, it says. For all who are allowing themselves, somebody say that out loud if you would, allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Do you have to allow the Spirit of God to lead you? Yes. Yes. What if you don't allow Him to lead you? Well, He's still got something to say, but He's not going to force it on you. He said all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, um, Nancy. Put up, if you would, and turn. You can go ahead and turn to First Thessalonians, uh, chapter five, verse nineteen, and uh, you'll see something here interesting. Uh, it says, "Quench not the spirit." What does that What does that mean to quench, to not quench something? Um, it has to do with not suppressing. Uh, you study it out a little bit. It it can um, it can involve hushing, like um, like hushing a child. Something that a lot of you have to do during the service: hushing the child. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you know, just uh, you know. Um, Yeah, 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 sometimes some adults too, you know, you just got to tell them to shut up too, you know. Um, Hushing something, be quiet, stop talking. That's what quenching gives the idea of. Um, Telling it shut up. You can do this with your conscience. Yeah, it's true. You know, in my car, um, my car does this thing where when I take my seatbelt off, It it beeps at me. Don't you hate that? It beeps at me to let me know my seatbelt's off, and it's annoying, and it's designed to be annoying because they're trying to help me, not you know get hurt. But uh, after about twenty seconds, it stops beeping, and that's interesting to me because my seatbelt is still off at that point. But you know, even my car knows that after a certain point, there's no point in telling me anymore if I'm not going to listen. Well, if my car is that smart, I wonder if the Holy Spirit's that smart. <laughs> I wonder if He knows when to stop talking to you if you just won't listen. That's good, man. Um, and I'll tell you this too, not to get too sober on you, but that's not a good place to be. Right. No, not. right. Bible talks about having your conscience seared with a hot iron. That's not a place you want to be. It's a dangerous place. Right. Just like me being in my car with my seatbelt off is dangerous. Right. It may seem fine, because I hadn't gotten in a wreck yet, but uh, I'm, I'm towing the line. Mm-hmm. Why, why would we want to toe the line? I, I want to be all the way in the middle. Yeah. I don't you know, I've been on the other side of some things. Yes. I don't say that to brag or act like I, I know a lot of stuff, but I've, I've seen some pretty nasty stuff in my life. And, and I can tell you that I, I, I don't want to toe the line of things that are ungodly and unclean spiritually now I'm not perfect in that I don't claim to be perfect and I'm sure not self-righteous about it but when you're sensitive to the Spirit of God you don't want to grieve them and I'm not talking about just judging things by the flesh all the time and and somebody who's smoking a cigarette or something like that no that's just something after the flesh but something that doesn't doesn't sit right in here something that bothers you on the inside. The more sensitive you become to the Holy Spirit, uh, even if you're watching certain things Mm -hmm. or listening to certain things, I'm not talking about just, sometimes this will happen on Christian radio. I'm not talking about just taboo things, you understand. But something bothers you here on the inside. It bothers your conscience, and it doesn't set right with you. Well, that's that beep, beeping at you. But you can override it. And if you keep overriding it, eventually it'll shut up doesn't mean it's not unhealthy for you or bad for you amen none of that's in my notes Um, praise God Um, he said quench not the spirit Um, let me read this to you in another translation if I can get my phone to cooperate with me Um, uh, in the Amplified Bible you can go ahead and put up the classic on that Nancy it may be just as good that's not right. Quit, don't suppress or subdue the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Uh, don't spurn the gifts and utterances of the, of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations, nor despise uh, instruction or exhortation or warning. Um, verse 21. But test and prove. Somebody say test and prove. How many things? Oh all things until you can, watch this, recognize what is good good and you hold fast to that. Mm -hmm. He said, test it to see if it's good. Test it to recognize if it's good. Um, When it comes to quenching the Holy Spirit and shushing him, uh, I, I found an interesting contrast when I was studying And that was a contrast between the Holy Spirit forbidding people to do things in their spirit and us forbidding the Holy Spirit Hmm. to talk. Uh, We're going to read this, I think, in a little bit about when the Holy Spirit forbade somebody to do something. But what do we know? He won't force it. But it's something on the inside that says, don't do that, don't go there, don't be a part of that. He's forbidding, but we can forbid him from speaking to us. We have to allow Him uh, to lead us. I like this in the... Do we have the message by chance? If not, I can just read it. Okay, that's all right. I I found this interesting in the Message uh, Bible. I don't use the Message Bible a lot, but i used it today. Um, He said, don't suppress the Spirit. Don't stifle those who have a word from the Master. But on the other hand, don't be gullible. Check out everything and keep only what's good. That's good. Throw away everything that's evil. He said, "Check out everything. Check out everything." But but what are you checking it out by? By the Spirit, right? You're checking on the inside. Right. Um, in the Passion translation of R- Romans eight fourteen, I'm going to go back over there real quick because I want to emphasize something to you. Is it making sense so far? Am yeah. I am I moving too fast? No. In um, the Passion Translation, again, this is a paraphrase. It's not um, a translation per se, but they did get this right in verse 14. Um, they, they did a good job on this. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I think they did a really good job translating that verse. The mature children of God um, when you study out the Greek if you if you uh, listen to Rick Renner or any of his material he, he talks about this the the Greek behind this passage says those who are are maturing sons mm-hmm. it's a continuous um, yes. mm-hmm. I, I'm not really sure what the grammatical term is for that but it, it's continuous yeah. it's a it's progressive maturity and the implication is as you mature you're becoming more sensitive to his leading. As you mature in your spirit, you're becoming more, your, your senses are being dialed to a high, higher, sharper. Things are getting more dialed in. You're, you're becoming more pre- precise about what you're hearing, more sharp, more sharp spiritually. And as you mature, you're learning more about how to hear his voice. Now this is just a side note, but there's a lot of things that people talk about when it comes to uh, being spiritual. And, you know, being spiritual is not about uh, operating in the gifts of the spirit. Those are of the spirit. But as far as a person being spiritually mature, a baby Christian can operate in a spiritual gift. But two things there's, there's more than this. But two things that I would highlight that are the true mark of a mature Christian is, number one, walking in love. It's number one. If you say you're a Christian and you're mature, you don't walk in love, that is an evidence that you are not as mature as you think you are. If you don't forgive um, those who do you wrong, if you don't pray for those who persecute you, uh, if you don't bless those who curse you, Um, That is an evidence of spiritual immaturity. That's number one uh, when it comes to spiritual maturity. Number two, though, I believe, at least from what I've studied, is being led by the Spirit. Maturity. Learning to hear His voice. Learning. And again, what am I talking about when I say hear His voice? I'm not talking about hearing voices with your ears. I'm talking about an inward witness. An inward knowing. A green light or a red light from the Holy Spirit learning to hear what Micah was talking about just a couple of weeks ago, the still small voice of your spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, these are things that we could spend several weeks on, and obviously we can't do that today. But I want to be faithful to just um, give out what I believe the Lord wants me to emphasize this morning, and um, I'm believing to not do anything beyond that or less than that. Uh, Turn over to Hebrews chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 11. Um, Without reading all the context of this, he's talking about Melchizedek. Um, If you don't know who Melchizedek is, I'm not referring to our offering box. You understand. That's who the offering box is named after. Um, If you would like to know more about Melchizedek, there's a great book I can recommend. Really? The Bible. I'm not going to preach about Melchizedek right now. You get into Hebrews and find out more about Melchizedek. But uh, he's talking about him, and and he said, uh, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Um, So this is true of ministers. Um, You know, if if you have people who are dull of hearing or they're not open to hearing things, it hinders your ministry, hinders your ability to to say certain things. But that's also true of the Holy Spirit. Um, There are things that the Lord wants to say to us, and they would be good things. They would be things that would help us. Uh, They would be things that would help us avoid problems and trouble and issues. But a lot of times the issue is that people are are dull of hearing. Now, what's the opposite of dull? Sharp. Sharp. Um, You could say sharp hearing has to do with being quick to hear. James talked about being quick to hear and slow to speak. And one of the things you'll find is that being quick to hear and slow to speak is a mark of maturity. It's a mark of growing up a little bit. Uh, A lot of times you got to tell kids things two or three times before they listen, if they listen. Um, and, And having to tell somebody something four or five times before they even acknowledge you, that's immaturity. But maturity has to do with sharpness, quick to hear. He goes on to say in verse 12, uh, for when the time, uh, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teaches you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Verse 13, uh, he's talking about maturity. For everyone that, is, uh, that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use... This is not talking about natural age. This has nothing to do with how old you are naturally. You can be 50 years old naturally and be a baby spiritually. What did he say? By reason of use. Um, Spiritual maturity doesn't come by age, it comes by exercise. I'll say it again spiritual maturity doesn't come by natural age, it comes by spiritual exercise comes by, by using, by exercising a thing. You know, um, technically speaking, I have muscles. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I do. They're in there somewhere. But I haven't exercised them very much, that's why you can't see them, you understand? And, and no matter how old I get, those muscles are not just going to pop up like Popeye after he eats a can of spinach. I got to exercise my muscles if I want them to develop you understand I have a great build for golf and that's okay but I can't play golf either Micah so what where does that leave me you know what I can't even play the game that I have a build for you know so <laughs> it's just, oh man um, but you, you got to develop you got to develop you got to exercise in order to develop something. It doesn't, it doesn't happen automatically. A 60 year old doesn't automatically develop muscles just because of age. It happens because of use, amen. He says, by reason of use, they have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, discern good and evil. We need to differentiate what we talk about when we say we're not supposed to judge. There is a difference between judgment that condemns and judgment that discerns. You know what Jesus said right after he said, don't judge? He said, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, how would I beware of wolves in sheep's clothing if I'm not supposed to judge? He's not talking about discernment. He's talking about condemning. He's talking about being self-righteous, thinking I'm better than somebody or, or, or elevating myself above them, condemning them. I'm not supposed to do that. If I do that, I'm going to be judged by the same standard. But that doesn't mean I'm not supposed to have some discernment about me. Now, Jesus knew about Judas for three years and didn't say a word to anybody. You know why? Because uh, that would have been the first year that Simon would have cut off if he had known. And so Jesus didn't tell everybody, uh, he didn't go on YouTube and make a video about Judas. You understand? Um, just because you know something doesn't mean you're supposed to say something. Come on, man. Usually if the Lord revealed something to you, it's because you're supposed to pray. Come on, ben. Yeah. And if you go around talking about what he showed you, that may be the last time he shows you something yeah, for a while. Um, talking about somebody, slandering somebody, uh, it's not okay, not right. And that includes uh, politicians you don't like. Come on. Paul said, uh, he, he was, he was in, uh, brought before uh, Anani- Ananias the Pharisee. And, and he commanded him to be uh, slapped across the mouth. And then Paul reared back up and said, God's going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. He said, how is it that you judge me according to the law, but you yourself command me to be str- stricken contrary to the law? Well, he had a good point. And yet they said, is this how you talk to the high priest? And Paul said, I apologize. I didn't know he was the high priest because it is written you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. That includes Joe Biden. That includes Donald Trump. If and when he was in office. You're not supposed to speak evil of the ruler of your people. And that's something that if you pay attention, your spirit will grieve you about. I didn't say you had to agree with them one way or the other. I didn't say you had to vote for them one way or the other. But you're not supposed to speak evil of them supposed to pray for them. And uh, I forgot why I got off on that, but. uh, Discerning good and evil. Discerning good and evil. Um, Now, in light of that, we're we're still talking about being led by the Spirit, I promise you. Um, Two things I want to mention to you. Not just two things, but just right now, you understand. Um, When it comes to maturing, spiritually when it comes to growing up spiritually number one we can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit Uh, I mean you can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit when you're a baby Christian but it will it will develop as you develop you understand it'll you'll hone in you'll you'll understand more of when he's speaking to you as you grow up in the Lord number one you can expect to be led by the Spirit number two you are expected to be led by the Spirit do you know what I mean by that? Does that make sense? Yes. You can not expect to be led by the Spirit, but as you grow up, you are expected to be led by the Spirit. And God will let people do what they want to do if they choose not to listen to Him. And uh, He's not forcing you. He doesn't force His leadings on us. And so we have to be sensitive, and we got to grow up a little bit. As And he has mercy on babies, and, and he's already had all kinds of mercy on everybody in this room. That's the only reason we're all still here. Right. Right. <laughs> you understand? I, David said in one place, he said, um, I know that you're pleased with me, God, because you haven't let my enemies triumph over me. I, I think that's funny because he didn't say you're pleased with me because I got a trophy. Right. I, I, you're pleased with me because... You know, you made a big deal out of me. You're, I know you must like me because I'm still here. You know, I haven't, I ha, you haven't let me get you know, squashed by a truck yet. You know, I, I'm still here. So you must like me, God. You must still want to keep me around. And it's by the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Um, but as we grow up a little bit, He wants us to learn more about how to be led by His Spirit. Uh, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 7. Um, I know it's already twelve. You guys have a few more minutes this yeah. morning to give me, give the Lord. As um, well, you know it's his, it's his. church, so he can do that. Um, Isaiah seven fourteen. Uh, this is a familiar passage. It's actually one we read a lot at Christmas time, but you know it's still good even though it's July. We don't have to, it didn't have to be Christmas time for this to apply. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but I'm glad it did. Um, Isaiah seven fourteen. it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, the only reason I read that part is because I want you to know who we're talking about. Talking about Jesus. He said, Uh, butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Now what have we been talking about recognizing between good and evil Uh, recognizing what's good and what's evil having your senses exercised Mm -hmm. to discern between good and evil Mm -hmm. Um, and this is talking about jesus and it says he eats butter and honey and that's what causes him to know what to choose and what to refuse now what does that have to do with anything I mean, I like honey butter just as much as the rest of you do, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. Um, honey butter helps me, you know, know what's good naturally. You know, uh, cheddars, the you know croissants, they're good, but I, I don't think that's what he's talking about. This is spiritual. Right. Uh, this word butter can also be translated uh, as milk. Milk and honey, you could say. So he'll drink milk, and he'll eat honey, and that's going to cause him to know to refuse the evil and choose the good. What does this have to do with being led by the Spirit? Well, Jesus was led by the Spirit. And even though we're reading in Isaiah, I still believe this is a reference to being led by the Spirit because it's talking about Jesus. And He was the first one Mm -hmm. to walk the earth led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, um, I felt impressed this week to uh, go through the whole book of Acts uh, on my audio Bible just play the whole thing. Um, I I didn't listen to it all, but I had it playing, you understand, I mean, I I didn't retain it all, I'm sure. But one of the things I noticed about the book of Acts, and I don't think I realized this before, the book of Acts talks more about being led by the Spirit than any other book in the Bible, any book. It's all up from the beginning to the end, over and over and over again, being led by the Spirit. The Spirit said to them, do this. The Spirit said to this one, go here. Uh, One part, Jesus uh, himself said to Paul, don't go there. They're not going to receive you. And so, uh, if you ever want to heighten your senses when it comes to being led by the Spirit, spend some time in the book of Acts. But he said he's going to eat butter and honey that he'll know to refuse the evil and choose the good. And there's two things in this I want to mention to you. Um, First of all, it's important what you feed on. Um, Feeding on the Word of God, it's referred to in the Bible as milk and honey in different places. When you're feeding on the Word of God, it refines your spirit and helps you to discern between good and evil. When you're feeding on anointed preaching, the right things, it helps you to discern between what's good and what's not good. I believe it's a reference to the Word of God. Uh, Jesus overcame the enemy's temptation because he knew the Word. He knew it is written. And he was able to discern between good and evil because of the word that was indwelling him. Uh, Fun fact, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy to overcome temptation. There was no epistles to the church. I wonder if we could quote Deuteronomy to overcome temptation. Well, anyway, um, he said, uh, I, I got this from somebody else, but I'll mention it. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He didn't just say the New Testament. Right. He said every word. Right. Now you gotta rightly divide the word of truth and, and understand what it's saying, but don't, uh, don't despise any part of the word of God. Um, but something I just, I just saw in here, and it, it can be difficult to put spiritual things into natural words, but in talking about identifying the witness of the Holy Spirit and what is, Of God what is not of God Um, something that me and grace were praying about some things and we were gonna go to a meeting actually and we kind of just assumed we were supposed to go to it and the more we started praying about it we actually originally I wasn't even entertaining the idea of not going I kind of just assumed I was supposed to go but more I started praying about it I realized I don't I don't really have a huge desire to go to that. I don't know why. I don't have a huge leading to go to that. It seems good. I know the the preaching is going to be good. I know the people who are speaking. I mean, I know I've been there before, but for some reason it just wasn't setting right in here. And uh, I I came across this verse and something I realized about it is that it's not sweet in my spirit. It's not sweet in my spirit. It's kind of just bland and dry. It's kind of just even though it's a good meeting. Yep. And I just couldn't get a witness about it. Same thing happened. We were supposed to go to Tulsa this week to go to a friend's meeting. And uh, it's a great meeting. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful meeting. I, I love this person that's hosting them. But same thing, I just didn't, couldn't get a witness about it. And then Mike had texted me and said, hey, can you preach on Sunday? And so, I, you know, I knew why I felt like I wasn't supposed to go to that. But when something's kind of just bitter inside, You don't know why something's just kind of on the inside it may look really great outside but if it's not sweet in your spirit if it doesn't register with you pay attention to that don't override that and when it comes to decisions about uh, a new direction in life uh, a relationship taking a job Whatever, whatever you want to add to that list. Uh, this is an element of something you should pay attention to. There's more we could talk about. But when you're praying about it, when you're thinking about it, what's happening down here? Uh, let me point another verse out to you that kind of goes along with this. Uh, Deuteronomy, I just mentioned Deuteronomy. Well, we're going to go there. 26 verse 9. He says, he has brought us into this place and has given us this land, even a land that flows with milk and honey. Now, I don't know about you. I got excited about that. Um, How do I know something's from the Lord? It's flowing with milk and honey on the inside. I don't know how to describe that to you any other way. You either get it or you don't. Um, But it's flowing with milk and honey there's something about it on the inside. It's just, it's, it's like promised land. Yeah. Now it doesn't have to look great on the outside necessarily. It doesn't have to look super promising on the outside and I'm not talking about judging things after the flesh, right. but on the inside is milk and honey. Mm-hmm. There's a witness. Mm-hmm. Now in the last few minutes of this, I'm not going to go much longer. I don't believe I need to, but mm-hmm i think this is a reason why a lot of people find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time Um, you know there are different things we could talk about when it comes to you know what gives the enemy access in somebody's life we have talked about some things and those are important um and the bible says don't give place to the enemy you know we could talk about not letting the sun go down upon your wrath talk about walking in forgiveness talk, talk about walking in love Um, You know, making sure you're not compromising your conscience. There's a whole host of things we could talk about that have to do with denying the enemy access in your life. But I I think there's something else, and I I was praying about this pretty heavily. Um, In 1 Peter 5, I won't put it up, but it talks about, Be sober, be vigilant, for the enemy, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. Um... Uh, it's easy to talk about things that are not in that passage, but the main thing he highlighted was being sober and vigilant. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you can have all your T's crossed, all your I's dotted. That doesn't mean you don't need to be led by the Spirit. Right. Right. Um, there are people who are wonderful people, and they're walking in love, and they're walking in the light, and they're doing everything they know to do, but they have a check about something. They have a check about being somewhere with somebody and they reason it out with their head or they feel obligated to do it or it's compulsive or whatever the case is and it doesn't feel right. They just assume, well, you know, God wouldn't tell me not to do this. He might. (laughs) You should ask him. He just might. (laughs) Um, And this is true of, of, you know, good things as well. Something may not look very promising, but if there's a witness on the inside. God wants us to be at the right place, at the right time, with the right people doing the right things. And that's how we avoid problems and issues and trouble. Now, you can take that to an extreme. And, you know, if you stub your toe, say, oh, I missed God, I shouldn't have been here. You know, no, you, gotta, you don't want to take things to an extreme. In fact, I was reading when Paul was preaching in one place and uh, Eutychus fell out the window and died. Well, that would have been a great opportunity for Paul to say, I must have missed God. I shouldn't have even been here preaching. Otherwise, that wouldn't have happened. No. Uh, stuff still happens in the world. But what did Paul do? He went up and he said, he'll be fine. Yeah. Went back and ate some food. You know, you can't judge it just by that. Right. But a lot of things, people can avoid it if they just be sensitive. Lord, do I need to be here right now? Yeah. Something bothers you on there, but you also don't want to yield to the spirit of stupid. You understand? It, it, it's it's you can yield to the spirit of stupid. But you also don't want to yield to the spirit of stupid. You understand? It, it, it's it's you can yield to the spirit of stupid. You understand? It, it, it's it's you can yield to the spirit of stupid. And just not listen on the inside. And, and, and be somewhere. And, you know, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I was... Uh, I was with somebody one time and they were, they were, you know, a believer, um, but they, they were kind of, uh, they, they liked to do a lot of random stuff. And, and I was kind of reaching out to them. I was kinda, you know, they didn't have a lot of friends and I was kind of just reaching out to them, spending some time with them just to be nice. And they wanted to go um, out into the woods and shoot guns. Now you might be thinking, you know, that doesn't sound like something you should be. No, it, It's good if, if we have trained professionals like Jesse and David. That's great on their range. This was not a trained professional. And so I, um, he wanted to go out into the woods and shoot guns. And I'm walking out there with him. And just every step I took, I was like, this does not feel right. I don't like this. And, and, uh, but he kept pulling on me and, and kept putting pressure on me to do it. And so we're walking way out in the woods. And, um, I kept getting ticks on me and things like that. And I go, you can't be led by that, but you know, I just, I didn't like it. I just didn't like being there. I was like, why am I here? Um, and, and finally we got to a certain place and I was like, man, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I can't, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. And, and just at that time we had, we had come out by like a field and there were some people back there four wheeling and we didn't know they were back there. Well if he had been shooting his gun off in the woods a stray bullet could have hit somebody and i could have been involved in that just by being there and thankfully i saw them and i was like all right we're going home and so i'm walking back and uh we uh i got back to my car and i said i'm going home man. i just don't want to be here and he got upset with me you know if somebody gets mad at you for being led by the spirit that's a red flag I'm not talking about you not showing up to work for five days in a row and your boss is upset with you because you said I'm not talking about that. But but if there's always a resistance to you just following what's in your spirit, that's a red flag. Um, you don't want to give into that. But I, I left and I went home, and I felt like on the inside, um, the Lord said to me, Ben, if you're always giving in to people who are not led by the Spirit. It's only a matter of time until you're in a situation that I didn't lead you into. Now, obviously that doesn't mean you can't reach out to people that don't know what you know, or, you know, and we've all missed it. But um, people that don't even want to be led by the Spirit, they, don't, they have a problem with that. If you, if you allow yourself into things by those kind of people, you'll wind up in a situation you shouldn't have been in. Right. And again, listen. God's merciful. He has mercy on all of us. And if, if, uh, if we miss something, uh, you know, we've all missed it and we're still here, (laughs) you know, like I said, so he's merciful. He helps us, but you want to pay attention to what you get on the inside. Uh, the other day I was, uh, I was, uh, I had a, I had a, I was laying in bed and I couldn't go to sleep. And I just felt like I needed to get up and just it was a Tuesday night, and we didn't have prayer, and I just, feel like, I just feel like I just need to pray for a few minutes. And so I went into my prayer room slash laundry room, because um, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, um, <laughs> and uh, I just prayed for a few minutes and had a few things come up with my heart and then went to bed. Um, the next day, I almost always leave at 7.30 to go to work, and I was, uh, I was like five minutes late and I was just trying to eat breakfast, trying to just get everything together, and I ended up going out the door about 7.35. And uh, on Green Mountain Drive, where I, the route I take to get to work, there's a huge car wreck right there. And there was a Cadillac that was turned off to the side, almost blocking the whole road, and there were two elderly people who were just getting out of the car. And then there was like a Toyota Tundra that was flipped up on its roof, and the roof was crushed in, the airbags were deployed. Um, And it looked like the people were standing outside around the vehicle and it didn't look like anybody was hurt, which in and of itself is a miracle. But I thought about it. The cops were just showing up. These people were just getting out of the car. I was like, this had to have happened four to five minutes ago. And if I hadn't have left my house late that day, I could have been there for that. Now, again, that doesn't mean the Lord wouldn't have had mercy on me. But... It's important to yield to a burden to pray when you have it. It's important to be sensitive to a spirit. If you're led by the spirit, God will have you at the right place at the right time, every time. There was one time when, uh, I think it was Spirit Wind, a couple years ago, I was at work. And uh, all of a sudden, this just thought just came to me about Micah and Becky getting in a car wreck. And so I didn't go into a trance at work. I didn't start prophesying, but I just quietly, under my breath, I just prayed in the Spirit. And I didn't know it. I think it was just about that time you guys were on the strip and you had gotten in a, or almost gotten in a car accident. Yeah, very close to getting in a car accident. I say that to say be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, be sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. If we listen, God will help us avoid things. I'm just about done. Um, Acts 16. Verse 6, and uh, I think we can wrap up here. It says, uh, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Would the Lord ever forbid you to preach the word somewhere? Now, I will say this. That's the exception, not the rule. Um, They preached a lot of places and the Holy Spirit never forbade them. But in this instance, he forbade them. And uh, that's going back to what I was talking about earlier. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to forbid you or are you forbidding him to talk? After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now, what, what does that mean? They essayed to do it. They started to do it. They, they started going that way and then something didn't feel right. Uh, something's, something's bothering me. The Holy Spirit's not letting me do this. Now, again... They could have overridden it, but there's something holding them back. If you're starting to do something and you're starting to go somewhere and you just feel like something's pulling you back, pay attention to that. Right. If you're starting to get involved with a job or some kind of thing, especially if it's long-term and something's doing this, pay attention to that. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't feel right. There's not a green light. It feels like you're running a red light. Have you ever accidentally walked into the wrong bathroom? You know what I mean by that. You notice that there weren't any urinals in there, and there should have been. What? They weren't remodeling. You were in the wrong bathroom. You know that feeling? I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a natural example, but when you feel that on the inside, you could go to a meeting, a Holy Spirit meeting, and it could be a good meeting. Yeah. But you just don't feel like you're supposed to be there. You feel like you're in the wrong class. You know, pay attention to those things. If you start to do something, there may be times that you've got things, you know, booked or planned, but something just doesn't feel right on the inside. And you just feel like, I feel like uh, I'm not drawn to this. Well, pray. You don't have to immediately stop everything and say, oh, I've got a check. We're not doing it. Cancel everything. No, Just pray. Check. It could be that you're supposed to wait five minutes and then go. It could be that you're supposed to go half the time you thought you were supposed to go. But if you have a check, don't override it. If if it's not honey in your heart, if it's not sweet in your spirit, pray until it is. And don't override the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I think that's all I have for you this morning. I don't feel like I need to go a long time this morning. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media on Instagram and Facebook.